Welcome to the teaching ministry of Calvary Port St. Lucie. Let's join Pastor Will Price for the message, Scars. Today we're going to take a look at an incredible moment in history when a hurting woman encountered a healing Savior. Really excited about the message today. I've actually done this message here at Calvary before. I think it was about six years ago, and I had a couple of people ask me to do it again, and so I'm happy to do that. Uh, But the title of my message today is Scars, and I just want to give you a little bit of a disclaimer to start off, and and, and that that's this. You know, t- today's message is probably going to be, or, or at least feel, a little heavy, okay? Like I'm anticipating some, <laughs> some heaviness in the room. And the reason why is because today what we're going to be doing is we're going to be uh, exploring this idea, really this truth, that we all have emotional pain in our lives. We all have things from our past that have scarred us. And I understand that's a heavy thing, okay? But the good thing is that at the end of the day, we're gonna be learning how to deal with the pain and the hurt that we sometimes experience in life. And so that's my disclaimer, and I wanna tell you a story. So when I was about 10 years old, I had a friend named Josh. Uh, My parents were friends with Josh's parents, and most weekends we would go over to Josh's house. And while we were there, my parents would play cards with Josh's parents, and me and Josh and my older brother would go outside and find all kinds of trouble to get into. One weekend, we went over to Josh's house, and Josh had gotten a go-kart. Him and his father were planning on putting this go-kart together. It was basically just a metal frame with wheels, and so it didn't have an engine on it, and I think we have a picture of a go-kart very similar, and so... Um, that's basically what the go-kart looked like. And if you look down at the bottom left, um, you see the tire. And right next to the tire, there's this thing called a flywheel. Okay, and if you don't know what a flywheel is, it's basically this round piece of steel that has teeth on it, okay? And so when you put a motor on or an engine on, um, there's a chain that goes around the teeth. And as the engine turns, it turns the flywheel, the flywheel turns the wheels, the go-kart goes, right? So... We're riding this go-kart down a hill, taking turns, riding this thing, having the time of our life. Well, me and Josh and my older brother get the great idea that we're gonna ride this go-kart down the hill together. And so we take the go-kart up to the top of the hill and my brother and Josh share the one seat available and I decided to sit on top of the back of the seat. And so we take off down the hill, and I remember it like it was yesterday. We were just having the time of our life. We were screaming and laughing, and then all of a sudden, we hit a bump. And man, we hit that bump, and I went flying up into the air, right? And so in order to like, try to save myself, I grabbed the back of the seat. And wouldn't you know, my rear end falls between the seat and the flywheel, All the way down that hill, that flywheel chewed a line in my rear end about a quarter inch deep and about 10 inches long, and I still have the scar to prove it. I was going to show you a picture, (laughs) but I thought, why would I do that when I can just do it live, right? No. 
We're not that kind of church. <laughs> Anyways, everyone has scar stories, right? Bike wrecks, falls, sports-related injuries that, 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 that cause us scars, and we, we get a cool story to go with it, right? But as we think about scars, you know, a scar is, is a, a, a mark that's left on our bodies after an unfortunate moment of pain. And as we think about scars, what I want you to know is that the truth is that there are actually two types of scars. One type of scar is an external scar, and it's left on our bodies, and a lot of times it heals pretty quickly, and it gives us a cool story. The other type of scar is what I would call an internal scar, and it's emotional in nature. And it can be way more serious than a physical scar. In fact, emotional scars leave marks on our souls. Whether we like to admit it or not, we all have these internal emotional scars. And I'll be the first to admit today that I've been scarred emotionally. If I could let you in a little bit on my life, I would tell you that I grew up in a very dysfunctional home, maybe like many of you. Looking back, I really believe that my mom and dad were trying their best. But if I could be totally transparent with you, things never seemed to work out. My parents fought all the time. Me and my brother and my sister seemed to never be able to get along. And you know, I think it was during those times that there were things that were said and done that scarred me emotionally. And I take full responsibility for the decisions that I made as a rebellious teenager. But those emotional wounds that I got from growing up in a dysfunctional home, those things, those things changed who I was. They changed the trajectory of my life. They impacted the decisions that I made. And you know, that's what internal scars do. They change us. They affect how we think. And they affect why we make the decisions that we make. And we all have these scars. I think on one extreme, there are some of you here today, and there are some heavy things that have happened to you. Maybe you were abused physically or verbally or sexually. Maybe you lost a loved one way too soon that you just cared so much about. Maybe you went through a financial crisis or maybe you went through a divorce. Whatever happened, there are some here today and you've experienced some very heavy things in your life, some things that have left deep marks on your souls. That's one extreme. And I think on another extreme, there's people here today and you know, maybe the dating relationship didn't work out. Maybe you didn't make the team. Uh, maybe you got laid off from your place of employment and that kind of embarrassed you. Man, that's kind of another extreme of, of, of emotional pain, but nonetheless, very real examples of things that hurt us. But here's the reality for all of us, you guys. We all have these internal scars. Sometimes there are things that happen to us that we really wish would not have happened. And then sometimes there are things that don't happen that we wish would happen. Sometimes people say things to hurt us. And then sometimes people don't say things that we wish that they would. Life hurts. And you know, Jesus gave us a heads up on this. 
If you look at John 16, he told us, listen, here on this earth, you're gonna have many troubles. You will have many troubles. You can circle that word will and you can take note that he didn't say you might, okay? You will have many troubles and that's bad news, right? Because no one likes to have trouble, especially not many troubles. Like no one wakes up in the morning looking forward to getting that call that changes your life forever. No one wakes up in the morning excited to fight with their spouse and face divorce. No one gets excited about losing their job and entering into a financial crisis. Man, that stuff hurts. And we don't like to hurt, but life is going to hurt, and that's bad news. But I do have some good news for you. Do you guys like good news? Here's the deal, you guys. The good news is that there is hope surrounding the bad news. Because when we take a closer look at John 16, we find that surrounding the bad news is some really great news. And that is that we can find peace in Jesus and that we should take heart for he has overcome the world. Listen, if you're here today and you've experienced many troubles in life, Jesus wants to surround your many troubles with peace and victory. So take heart, folks. The truth is, life will hurt, but the greater truth is that there is peace and there's victory in Jesus' name. Amen? That's our aim today. Okay, that's our aim, to find peace and victory in Jesus' name. But in order to get there, we gotta talk about the pain. Okay, and I know this can be very difficult to deal with. If I'm being completely honest, it's hard for me to preach about, okay? No one likes to, to, to dive in to past hurt in life, but as hard as it might be to sit through a message like this, I want you to know it's worth it. It is so worth it. And if I could just give you three things to help you navigate through this moment that we're about to have together, here's what I would say. Please understand that life hurts. Life hurts. You know why? Because we live in a broken world. And to make things worse, we were not handed a manual or a guide on how to deal with life's hurts in this broken world. And so please recognize that that life hurts. First Peter 4.12 says it this way, don't be surprised by the painful trial you are suffering as if something strange were happening. Right, what you went through, what you might be going through, listen, it's not abnormal or out of the ordinary. Unfortunately, it's just a part of life. So understand life hurts. And then here's the second thing to help you navigate. Would you just realize you're not alone? Realize you're not alone. You know what I think about church? I think church is a place where uh, we tend to come in and put masks on and pretend like we have it all together. We do a good job of that, don't we, at church? But here's what I know. For every single person in this room, if you and I were to sit down over coffee, you'd probably let me in on some things that are broken about your life. You'd probably be willing to tell me about some hurt that you've experienced things that have caused you scars emotionally. Okay, so, so please understand, as we deal with this difficult subject, that you're not alone. Because from one degree to another, we have all experienced hurt in life. And then here's the last thing that I would tell you. 
determined to deal with your scars. If you wanna navigate through this message, you gotta determine to deal with your scars, okay? Like I said earlier, with a topic like this, it's not always easy to sit through it and to listen. Some of you may wanna put a wall up right now. Some of you may want to walk out right now. So I wanna encourage you, just determine to deal with this today. And I understand your, your past hurts, and for some of you, it hurts really bad. Okay, some of you have gone through things that have hurt so bad and would absolutely blow my mind. And I understand the tension between dealing with it today and just wanting to kind of just stuff it some more. But can I just tell you, you can deal with this today and you can find peace and victory in Jesus' name. You can. Listen, I said it once before and I'm gonna say it again. I believe Jesus wants to come around you today with this incredible truth that there's peace and victory in his name. And even though it might not be easy and even though it might get a little bit messy, it's worth it. And so determine to deal with it. I really believe that if you'll do those three things, if you'll understand that life hurts, if you realize you're not alone and if you'll determine I'm dealing with this today. I really think it'll help you navigate through this message. So let's pray together, and then we'll take a look at Mark chapter five, beginning in verse 24. Heavenly Father, I thank you for moments like today, moments that might hurt a little bit, moments that will definitely challenge us, but moments where we can get real, we can get honest and get open and just lay it all out right before you, God. God, would you speak to us today as we open up your word? We pray in Jesus' name, amen. So today we're gonna look at a very real historical event where a woman dealing with some uh, pain in her life uh, encounters Jesus and finds healing. And so if you have a Bible, Mark chapter five, beginning in verse 24, the Bible tells us, so Jesus went with him and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. So Jesus went with him. Who's him? Well, if you look a little bit earlier in uh, the book of Mark, you'll find out that there is this man by the name of Jairus. And Jairus' daughter has become ill and she's dying. Jairus had heard about Jesus, that he was a miracle worker, and so he had faith that Jesus could heal his daughter. And so he ran to Jesus and said, Jesus, will you come with me? I, I believe that you can heal my daughter. And so Jesus resonated with that and responded with that, uh, to that. And so he's on his way to Jairus' house to heal his daughter. And so Jesus went with him and a great multitude followed him and pressed against him. Verse 25. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. And so here we have this woman. She doesn't have a name, okay? She's just another face in the crowd. And it tells us that she had a flow of blood, which if you look a little bit deeper, we find out it's a hemorrhage. And it's been bleeding for 12 years. It tells us that she suffered many things from many doctors. And what you need to know is that it was very common in that day and age to seek the help of many doctors and to see, receive many different kinds of treatments. The problem was that a lot of those treatments conflicted 
and made things worse. Verse 27, when she had heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. If only I should touch his clothes, I shall be made well. I find that absolutely, incredibly fascinating. Right? This woman believed that just a touch of Jesus' garment would be enough to heal her. If you know the Bible well, you know that most, if not all, of the people who would go to Jesus to find healing, man, they were looking for direct contact with this man, but not this woman. She believed that even indirect contact with him was enough. And look what happened. Verse 29 tells us immediately the fountain of her blood or the origin of it was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And then Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? And by the way, I love the disciples' response. I could just imagine them looking at each other like, what, like, what is he talking about, right? They, they, they look at him, they're like, Jesus, you see the multitude pressing against you and you say, who touched me? Like, really? <laughs> Verse 32 tells us he looked around to see her uh, who had done this thing. But I, I, I gotta ask the question, why is Jesus asking who touched me? Isn't he God? Isn't he all-knowing, right? Well, the answer is yes, he is God and he is all-knowing. And I love what John MacArthur says about this particular moment of the story. He says, Jesus wasn't asking out of ignorance, but so that he might draw her out of the crowd and allow her to praise God for what had happened. And that's what happened, right? Verse 33, the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, she came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And then he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Now, I don't know about you, but I really love this story. It's so simple, yet it's so impactful. And as I'm reading through it, man, I see some things in this story that I believe can truly make a difference in our lives as we think about our own hurt and our own troubles in life. And the first thing that I see is that I see a God who is concerned with every individual in the crowd. I mean, if you think about it, you've got this no-name woman, right? She'd been bleeding for 12 years, which, by the way, in that day and age was considered unclean, and so she's probably an outcast. Not only that, but she spent all of her money on the doctors of the world, and so she's poor. And see, so, so in that cultural context, you gotta understand, everyone in that crowd, which, by the way, was huge, hundreds, probably thousands of people pressing in to, to, to get a glimpse of Jesus, right? And so what they would have done, they probably would have totally disregarded this woman. She's poor, she's unclean, stay away. But what does Jesus do? He takes notice of her. He meets her right in the middle of her troubles and he brings healing to her life. Folks, I see a God who's concerned about people in the crowd. You see that? And you know, I think with a church this size, with a crowd this big, it's fair to say that a lot of you come here 
and, and you have emotional scars. You're dealing with hurt in life. And you're coming here and you're checking out this whole God thing. And, and, and if you're being honest, you probably hope that no one knows that. Maybe you, you just want to kind of blend in with the crowd and hope that you don't get noticed. And you may even think that people don't care about you here. I can tell you this, that couldn't be further from the truth. I love being a part of church that cares about every single person that walks through those doors. But can I just tell you, even if that wasn't true, even if the people around you didn't care, I see a God who does care. I see a God who is concerned about every individual in the crowd. He's concerned about you. He cares about you, but here's the catch. Okay, and some of you seasoned Christians are going, wait a second, there's a catch to God caring about me? No, that's not what I'm saying. But there is a catch to God connecting with you today. And that's my next point. Because not only do I see a God who's concerned about you, but I see a God who connects with people of faith. We see Jesus in a very large crowd of people. He's on his way to perform a miracle at Jairus' house, right? His daughter's dying. Like I told you earlier, he believed Jesus was a miracle worker, and so he had faith that Jesus could heal. Jesus connected with that, responded to it, and he was making his way to heal this little girl. And on his way there, the Bible tells us that he also connected with this particular woman in the crowd, this one individual in this huge crowd. And it doesn't tell us that he connected with anyone else. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. But I can tell you this, the Gospel of Mark makes a big deal about Jesus connecting with this woman. And what we learn is that he connected to her because of her faith. Folks, I see a God who connects with people of faith. And Hebrews eleven six confirms it. It says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so, yes, I see a God who is concerned with every individual in this crowd today. And he wants to connect with you. But if you wanna connect with him concerning your scars, it's gotta be through faith. You guys see that? Here's the last thing I see. I see a God who changes lives when all else fails. <laughs> this woman in the crowd, we learn that she spent all of her time and all of her money on physician after physician after physician to try to find healing. For 12 years, it tells us. And sadly, none of them could help her. Nothing changed. Her many troubles that Jesus talked about remained in her life. And so what does she do? Well, when all else failed, well, she ran to Jesus. Look what happened. She found healing. She found, she found peace and victory in his name. And that's what I love about our loving Heavenly Father. Man, he changes lives when all else fails. And I've got to ask you today, where are you with your scars? How are you doing with the hurt that you've experienced in your life? Maybe you, like the woman in the crowd, have tried one thing after another, but you're not getting anywhere. You're still hurting. You're here today, and you have scars, and you just wanna know, man, where do I go from here? 
the first thing I would tell you is to take the band-aids off. Here's the deal. We all deal with pain, but we don't always deal with it in a helpful way, okay? And I'm gonna show you how you can deal with your pain in a helpful way, but I've got to address this reality that some of you are dealing with life's hurt in a hurtful way. And I like to call these Band-Aids, okay? And the first Band-Aid I wanna tell you about is this thing where we get mad, okay? Some of you have been hurt really badly and you're dealing with it by getting mad. And so whenever you get hurt or because of all the hurt in your life, you just explode with anger on the people around you. And I don't know, maybe it's like a word, maybe it's an action, maybe it's the way someone touches you, but whatever it is, it causes you to absolutely erupt in anger. Why? Because it triggers past hurt. Then there are others in the room today who like to medicate in order to deal with hurt. These are the people who try to medicate themselves with drugs and alcohol and pornography or inappropriate sexual relationships, maybe excessive amounts of hobbies to try to just drown out the pain that we're feeling inside. And then I think there are those who deal with hurt by masquerading. In other words, some people like to pretend like the pain's not there. I had a student one time, long time ago, come to me and tell me that his parents were going through a divorce. And I'm sitting there talking to this kid and he's telling me about all of the pain, all of the yelling, all of the fighting, just how crazy it is around his house. And I stopped him and I said, hey, how are you doing? How, how are you dealing with this? And I wish you could have seen the fake look on this kid's face. I don't know how he did it, but he, it's like he just snapped out of it and was like, oh, I'm fine, man. Like, it's all good. It don't bother me. Not one bit, man. Life's good. Are you kidding me? That's masquerading. That's Pretending, and that's what a lot of us do when we have hurt in our lives. And so for a lot of people in the room today, when it comes to your pain, some of you are getting mad, some of you are medicating yourself, and then some of you are trying to just masquerade. And these are just a few of many responses, but these responses are like Band-Aids. And you know what Band-Aids are good for, right? They're good for scrapes and like minor wounds. But let's be honest, folks. Internal, emotional wounds like divorce and abuse and death or other types of major loss, those are not minor wounds. Some of you are dealing with emotional wounds that are more like hemorrhages and you wouldn't put a Band-Aid on a hemorrhage, would you? Come on. But, but that's what we do. We, we have these unhealthy responses, these Band-Aids, and, and we apply them to our situation as a coping mechanism to try to deal with pain that's literally gushing inside of us. And what's happening is our problems are just getting worse, right? Some of you are here today and as a result of the pain in life, you're frustrated, you're hopeless, maybe even depressed. And so you're getting mad, you're medicating, you're masquerading. And sadly, more emotional pain is getting added to your life. And in many, many cases, you're inflicting emotional pain on other people. And so this cycle of hurting just keeps going and going and going. Can I just ask you this morning, aren't you tired of that? 
Aren't you tired of using a Band-Aid to try to fix a problem that's more like a hemorrhage? Don't you want to find true healing today? Don't you want to find peace and victory in Jesus' name? Don't you want to move past the past and break the cycle? Don't you want to stop hurting people? Listen, if you're here today and you're tired of it and you've grown weary and you want a better way to deal with the hurt in your life, then here are some helpful ways to start dealing with it today. If you're taking notes, the first thing I want you to write down is take time to forgive. Take time to forgive, and honestly, this might be the single most powerful tool I could give you today. Take time to forgive. Colossians 3.13 says, bearing with one another and forgiving one another, if anyone has a complaint against another, Listen to this, this is it right here. Even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. I want you to think about this really hard, folks. Okay, Jesus was the victim of our sinful actions, right? Yes, come on. It was our sin that hurt him. It was our sin that put him on the cross, and yet he forgave us. He forgave us. And in the same way, you may be the victim of someone else's sinful actions, but like Christ, you're being called to take time to forgive today. If we're ever going to be released and experience freedom from past hurt, then we're going to have to release the sins of the people who have hurt us. And can I just tell you, if we don't do this one thing right here, then we are in danger of using our position as a victim, as a platform to sin and to hurt other people. Which leads me to your next point, and that is we gotta take responsibility for our own actions. Have you been hurt? Probably. But you need to take responsibility for your own actions. Listen, that thing that happened to you or that might be happening to you, it's not your fault. It's not your fault, and I'm so sorry that it happened to you. I'm so sorry that you had to go through what you went through, but what you need to know today is that the way you are responding to that hurt in your life, it's on you. Your actions are your responsibility. And like I just said a moment ago, I think some of us are using the pain that has been inflicted on us from someone else as a platform to get mad, to medicate, and to masquerade. And I'm telling you, if you wanna get better, then you're gonna have to take responsibility for your own actions. And then this is the next thing, turn from your sin. Turn from your sin. Proverbs 28, 13 says it this way, whoever conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will obtain mercy. Okay, so, so here's the deal. All this getting mad and blowing up on other people, it, it's sin, folks. Medicating yourself to hide the pain, it's sin. A lot of the other ways we're responding to the way someone treated us, it's sin. And I just wanna encourage you to stop acting like it's okay or that it's somehow justified because someone hurt you, okay? It's not justified. And the Bible is telling us here that as long as we conceal it or try to justify it, we're not gonna prosper. We're not. And so instead, man, let's confess it. Let's call it what it is. Let's take responsibility for our own actions and then let's forsake that junk 
or turn away from it, right? And find mercy today. The next thing I would encourage you to do is to take Jesus at his word. Folks, it's time to take Jesus at his word. And by the way, all of his words. Some of you are doing a great job at taking Jesus at his word when he said, in this world, you will have many troubles. Right? You're believing Jesus for that today? That's right. Amen. We will have many troubles. I got many troubles. But you know, a lot of times what we do is we focus on our many troubles. We look at the hurt in our life and we go, oh, me. Right? Oh, me. But what we need to be doing is going, oh, what a savior. Right? Why? Because Jesus also said that we can find peace and victory in his name, that we should take heart, right? Yeah, you're gonna have many troubles, but let's focus on him and not ourselves. And so take time to forgive. Take responsibility for your own actions. Take Jesus at his word. And then here's the last thing. Trust God to use your scar story. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. Pastor Will, this thing that happened to me, it's a big mess, man. And I get that. Most major hurt in life is really messy. And what we do is we think that our scars are just too much for God. Like what we've done, what we've been through, how we've responded to it, man, it's way too messy for God. Why would I wanna turn to God? How could he even use this. He's not going to want to deal with that. Several years ago, around the age of four, my son Ethan started to ride his bike without training wheels. And literally from day one, he's been an absolute wild man. He likes to go really fast, fly down hills. I think we have a picture of it, uh, of him. He's, I think he's four, maybe five years old there. And that um, is crazy to me. Um, but anyway, one day I'm cleaning out the back of my Honda Passport and he's riding his bike, right? And so um, just so you get a good mental picture uh, of this, the way you open the back end of a Honda Passport, it has a, a, a window hatch that goes up and then a door that swings out and locks open, okay? And so I'm um, in the back of my Passport cleaning it out and then all of a sudden I hear this loud thud, boom! The SUV shakes, and then I hear the blood-curdling cry of my four-year-old son, okay? So what had happened was he was flying down the road, forgot to hit his brakes. I don't think he was wearing a helmet, my bad. But anyway, his forehead met the edge of the SUV door, okay? Blood gushing out everywhere. And so I jump into action, right? And I turn around and pick him up, and I go, whoa, my goodness, look at this mess. That's disgusting. Jenny, please come deal with this kid. You know? And I know what some of you are thinking. Oh, no, Pastor Will didn't. Right? Not a way to treat a child. And you know what? You're right. And that's not what I did. Why? Because I love my son so much. And the bloody mess, no problem. You know why? Because I care more about his well-being. And so favorite shirt on, I didn't care. I scooped that dude up and I began to love on him and to get the care that he needed. In fact, here's a picture of him after the fact, they all stitched up, 
Look at the joy on his face. Like, where does that come from after a moment like that? <laughs> Here's the deal. Some of you are here today, and you think that God looks at you and the mess that you're in, and he goes, whoa! Somebody else wanna deal with this? And can I just tell you that's not true? God loves you so much. That mess that you're in, it's okay. He can deal with it. In fact, he cares so much about you and he wants to deal with it. He wants to be there for you. He, need, he wants to take your mess, listen, and he wants to turn it into a message, folks. Look at 2 Corinthians 1, three through four. It says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, why? so that we can get over it and move past it and never think about it again? No, no, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Listen, God wants to comfort you today. He wants to bring healing to your life. But not only that, he wants to turn your mess into a message. He wants to use your scar story to bring healing to other people. But the problem that so many of you have is that you haven't allowed God to comfort you and so how are you going to comfort others? Listen, if you haven't turned to God for healing in your life, then part of your scar story is missing. And it's the chapter where you deal with your scar like the woman in the crowd. It's the chapter where when all else fails and you run to Jesus, it's the chapter where you move forward in peace and victory in Jesus' name, and you use that as your platform to help others who might be going through the same things that you went through. And so listen, if you're here today, and you've got scars from deep, internal, emotional pain, something happened, something didn't happen, whatever it was, whatever it is, I just wanna encourage you today. Listen, recognize that what you're going through is unfortunately just a very real part of life, okay? We live in a broken world where life hurts. But realize that you're not alone in that hurt. Listen, we all have things that are broken about our lives. We all have things that have caused us pain. And as we think about that pain, as we think about these scars in our lives, as we're literally, for some of us, taken back to those painful moments that changed us, man, I really hope that we'll take the risk of dealing with it today. Listen, you can find peace and victory in Jesus' name. But you gotta know that God cares about you and he loves you so much. And, and, and he's concerned about everybody in this room. I don't care who you are, where you come from, if you're a Christian, if you're not a Christian, he cares about everyone in this room. But you gotta understand that he connects with people of faith. So the question is, will you run to him in a bold step of faith today? Okay, will you please get this? There is nothing that will bring healing to your situation. There's nothing that will bring peace and victory like the name of Jesus. Getting mad and blowing up, medicating, masquerading, yeah, it might happen for a little while. It might help for a little while, but ultimately, it's not gonna work. In fact, it's probably gonna make things worse, and it's gonna affect every part of your life. 
And so I'm just, I'm just begging you today, man, to take, make a commitment today to, to take time to forgive the person that hurt you. Take responsibility for the way you've responded to that hurt, okay? Ask God to forgive you. Take Jesus at his word. Yeah, you're gonna have hurt in life, but man, there's peace and victory in his name. Run to him today and trust him with your scar story. Okay, right now in this moment is the time to respond. Maybe for you, you wanna do something crazy and bold and you wanna leave your seat right now and you wanna come find a place to like pray about it, you can do that right now. If you're here today and you're hurting and you're like, man, I just wanna, I, want, I need Jesus today. I'm ready to take responsibility for my actions and to trust in him. You can stand up and you can come up here and pray, okay? That would be a bold step of faith. Maybe you wanna pray for someone else who you know is dealing with something heavy in their life. You could come up here and pray too. By the way, you can pray right where you are. That's fine too. For others in the room, maybe you wanna connect with a pastor. Please know that the pastors here at this church are available. Just come find one of us and we'll schedule some time for you. Maybe you're not ready. Maybe you say, I'm, I'm not ready. I'm not ready, okay, fine. But how about you do this right now? How about right now you text a friend that you can trust and you invite them to coffee later this week and you make a commitment to open up to them about your scar. Whatever you do, my encouragement to you is to run to Jesus in a bold step of faith. Listen, wherever you are today, Jesus wants you to know this. Find peace in me. In this world, you will have many troubles. Take heart, for I've overcome the world. Listen, if you're here today and you've never put your trust in Jesus, you're here today and you're just checking it out. And you're here and you have scars. You have hurt that you've dealt with in life. And you don't know if anybody cares. I want you to know today that we do care, but more importantly, God cares. And he's here for you. And he loves you. It doesn't matter how big your mess is. As the song said earlier that we sung, just as I am, just as you are, God is inviting us to come to him. And you may be thinking, God doesn't understand my scar. God doesn't understand the pain that I've gone through. Can I just tell you, that's not true. Jesus was a real man with real flesh and a heartbeat and feelings and emotions. And history has proven that he walked this planet. And when he walked this planet, he was mocked and he was ridiculed and he was beaten. And history has proven that he took a crown of thorns, smashed on his head, and that he had a spear pierced into his side, and that he was nailed to a cross. Don't tell me he doesn't understand your pain. Friend, he does, and he has scars to prove it. And he's just inviting you, come as you are. I, I, I did this for you. I did this for you. Why? B because you're a sinful man. Because you have sin in your life, and there's gotta be payment for your sin, and so I, I'm on the cross for you. I died on this cross for you. 
And all you gotta do is come to me in a bold step of faith today. All you gotta do is put your trust in me today. All you gotta do is, is admit that you're a sinner and repent of that and turn from it and, and come to me. And so I just wanna ask if you're in this room today and you're tired of chasing after the things of this world, you're tired of getting mad, you're tired of medicating, you're tired of masquerading, you tried everything, it's all failed and you're ready to run to Jesus, would you just stand up and say, Jesus, I come. Come on, I know there's people in the room who are ready to accept Jesus today. You're tired of chasing after the things of this world and you're ready to just stand up and say, Jesus, I come. God bless you, ma'am. He loves you so much. He's inviting you to come. Anybody else wanna just stand up and in their heart to say, Jesus, I come. One of the greatest gifts God can give his children is the assurance of their salvation. If you're not sure where you stand with God, we want to help. Visit our website at www.calvarypsl.com. Click on Home, then Knowing Christ.